my inclination is to believe that the business may not even exist right now if I hadn't done that. So I feel like I would have had a hard time walking away because of that, because I know the person and you know wanted to maintain a relationship. But would it have been better for me? Probably. Would it have been better for him or his business? No, probably not. And I, I just don't know what the repercussions would have been had I walked away. My suspicion is they would have been bad. Welcome back to Startup to the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Rob Walling. And every week for more than 11 years, we've turned out episodes of this podcast. And in fact, for the first 448 episodes, I had a co-host named Mike Tabor. And now every three to six months, Mike makes it back on the show. He comes back, he updates us on his progress with his startup, bluetick.io. It's been almost two and a half years since he stepped back from his co-hosting duties. And he's had several ups and downs during that time and, and frankly has had some challenges making progress with his product. And recently, in the last couple episodes where we talked about it, he was looking into merging Bluetick with another company. And today we find out about the result of that, about whether that merger was successful or not. If you're interested in learning more about Mike, maybe you haven't heard the prior episodes, you can go just search for Mike Tabor on the website and it will show you the last you know, four or five episodes he has appeared on and you can get more background. But bottom line is Blue Tick is a SaaS product that is not supporting Mike full time and he wants it to and he's trying to push it forward, but he has struggled to make the progress that he would like to see with Blue Tick. And if you listened to last week's episode, you know that I mentioned that I was excited about an announcement coming this week. And it's actually going to be a special episode that comes out tomorrow where you'll hear about this thing that I am so excited about. And that I said is I think it's the biggest announcement that we have made since we launched Tiny Seed more than three years ago. So I hope you'll check it out. It'll be in the feed tomorrow. And with that, let's dive into my conversation with Mike Tabor. Mike, you're back. It's been a while. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. You know, I saw each other about six weeks ago at MicroConf Europe in Croatia, but the last time we spoke before that was on this very podcast. It was uh, episode 552, June 1st of 2021, <laughs> which is what, like five and a half months ago since people have heard from you. It feels like, I don't know, like 80 months ago, given the I pandemic know. and everything else. It's just <laughs> yep. It's so hard, to, not just staying in touch, but staying on top of like what's going on and what the calendar looks like and when the last time you talked to somebody was. It's brutal. I agree. And I mean, you know, there's kind of a reason for that, for the delay and bringing you back on, but also kind of not. I mean, basically a bunch of stuff happened, right? It's like there were four microcomps in four weeks. There was tiny seed applications that I was working on. There was then the batch started, all that stuff. But also I wanted, I wanted to have you come back on when there was a conclusion to the story that we had been talking about for the past 15 months, maybe, which is about your potential merger slash partnership. I, I see, I call it a merger because I think that was, I think that was the goal. I know everything was on the table. That was the quote we had many times, but it just felt like something where the two of you wanted to merge your companies or start a new company and be, be co-founders in essence. And that resolved itself in what, August or September. And so we talked a little bit about it at MicroConf. And I figured it was a good time to bring you back on to chat through some stuff. Yeah, so uh, things kind of worked their way through at the end of the summer, and uh, things ultimately did not work out. 
And you're right. It was, uh, I think, intentionally or intended to be a a merger of sorts between the two companies and businesses because there were some a lot of complementary aspects to them and a fair amount of overlap in terms of use cases between that company's customers and Bluetech's customers. But at the end of the day, it, it didn't work out. I feel like there was uh, probably miscommunications definitely on both sides and things just kind of went south at the end of the summer. Yeah. Which is a real bummer. Um, and this is something that I was concerned about as we had talked about it. I think we had recorded two episodes, maybe three, but I think it was two during this time that it was happening. And I had some concerns. And in fact, I have some quotes here from the transcripts from those episodes. So one of my quotes was, and I think this was from five or six months ago, I said, you've been working on stuff for a while now, like you said, eight to 10 months or somewhere in there, and then you're talking about now working for another three months. What if you get to a point where either one of you or both is like, this isn't going to work? Do you feel like you've wasted that time, like it's kind of a wasted, lost year? How are you thinking about that? I had asked you, and then I think in a different episode, I said, I have concerns about you working on this without something in place. I'm concerned there might be mismatched expectations if you haven't gotten down to brass tacks to say, let's merge these two apps, let's both focus on one, and here's the equity split. And then I talked about how I, you know, I had in the past merged apps and, and, you know, we put a partnership agreement together. What's the delay with that? Because you've been working on this for over a year now. So that was the one, the one after that. And I guess I want to get your thinking in retrospect. Obviously, I expressed my concerns about, you know, is this wasted time that you kind of almost, I think one time I said, I'm concerned you have a day job with no equity. And I don't think that's what you want, right? So how are you thinking about that now in, in hindsight? In hindsight, I guess uh, a day job without equity was probably a more accurate description than I would have expected or thought it would have been. And, you know, like I'm disappointed at how things ended up coming to a conclusion. And uh, I think that he is as well. But it's hard to know those things in advance. And there were a lot of things that were going on on his side that were just taking up a huge amount of time and effort. And that's why things dragged along for so long. And we didn't really get to, to start working together side by side until, you know, the last several months of the partnership attempt, I'll say, merger attempt. And that's probably the biggest problem is like there was no way for us to really pull that together much sooner than we did just because of the extenuating circumstances around it. And I, I understood that when I was getting into it, I hadn't expected it to take nearly as long as it did. Initially, we had thought that it would be resolved basically around June or July of last year. And that just never happened. So it ended up dragging out for a full year longer than it really should have. But at the same time, it's like, at the end of the day, what am I going to do? We were already on the path. And I I suppose you could say that, oh, well, it's sunk cost. Don't worry about it. But at the same time, we were still trying to work towards something and we just didn't have a resolution yet. So it was just a tough situation, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what, what could you have done differently? Like, do you feel like if you had communicated earlier on, like made a proposal for equity or, or should you have walked away when you got four five, six months in and, you know, nothing was moving forward? Like, do you, do you feel like that would have been a better, again, with 2020 hindsight, like would that, would that have been better to just be like, this is just taking too long. I need to go away and do other stuff and work on my business. Let's revisit this once you have the time to dig into it. You know, that's a good question. And I think the answer is complicated because it's a question of who is that better for me, him, or the business itself. And the business was in serious trouble at the time when I came in. And that was more because of all the technical stack problems. There was just a ton of technical debt that had been gathering up over the 
course of the last eight or 10 years, and nobody had ever really been technical enough to dive into that stuff and look at it and try and figure out what was wrong and get it fixed. So I was in the middle of a lot of that stuff. And if I had just basically walked away, my inclination is to believe that the business may not even exist right now if I hadn't done that. So I feel like I would have had a hard time just walking away because of that, because I know the person and you know wanted to maintain a relationship. But would it have been better for me? Probably. Would it have been better for him or his business? No, probably not. And I, I just don't know what the repercussions would have been had I walked away. My suspicion is they would have been bad. That's the thing, man, is like the way I think about it now, now that we're here on the other side of it, is you're kind of back to square one where you were almost, I mean, it's two, two and a half years ago, you know? 18 months is really what it is. 18 months there. I mean, you and I had a conversation the first time you came back on the podcast after stepping away for a few months, it was August, 2019. So it's more than two years ago. And you and I talked through, Hey, you're doubling down on blue tech. Like, I think that was the name of the episode, doubling down on blue tech, right? Cause I had said, go away and figure out, are you going to get a job? Do you just want to shut blue tech down? You know, I'd kind of said all these things and you said, I want to double down on blue tech. And you said, I have these, you know, some marketing ideas. I want to write some code. I want to do this and that. And I guess, as I think about it right now, you're kind of still in that boat of like, I want to double down on blue tick again, right? Like you lost a couple years. Yeah. And I mean, I won't say that there were zero benefits to like essentially having a job for that time period because A, it was steady income and B, it was kind of keeping the lights on. But I mean, I've also had some fairly serious health issues that have come up over the past year, year and a half. So I've been kind of working through those and trying to make sure that I'm still being productive and some days are better than others. I mean, it's, you know, the basic problem with entrepreneurship when you're kind of, I'll say meandering, you're not, you, you don't have this hockey stick growth, but things aren't trending downwards either. So that I'll say makes it easier to just kind of let things ride for a little while. But the downside of that is that you don't have a clear resolution on anything either. So it's like it, makes the decision of, you know, should I shut this down and move on to something else a lot harder just because there's revenue, there's customers, and, you know, there's servers and all infrastructure and all this other stuff, which, yeah, you can just turn it all off. But at the same time, you don't want to completely screw your customers either. So it's a question of kind of what, what to do there. Yeah. And I wouldn't shut, if you were to start something else, I wouldn't shut blue tick down. It's still a nice, you know, it's a, it's a small revenue source. I mean, for, for folks who don't recall, it's not, you know, it's never supported you full time and it still isn't, but there's revenue there. And I don't get the feeling there's a tremendous amount of maintenance or anything involved with it. So I, I wouldn't think you'd have to screw anybody in order to, you know, start working on something new. And we can get into it later. I don't, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't do something new. Cause that's, you know, each of us as entrepreneurs travels our own path, but yeah, I guess it's it's a bummer for me to be having this conversation that feels reminiscent of the one we had in August of 2019 and then a few months later and a few months later. You know what I mean? It's like it's like time hasn't like you haven't been able to to push the business forward because you were not working on it. <laughs> you were you were not working on it. Yeah, you were focused on this other business. And I do want to call, it's not like you were working for free. You were not working for your full rate <laughs> of what you would be able to make as a salaried employer, but you were working for enough money that it, you know, as you said, it was steady income and it made it worth your while at this point, right? I, I think that's something, that's like a one positive thing to take away, right? Is that it sounds like maybe it did make sense given personal circumstances to do it. I just hate to see the, oppor the lost opportunity costs, right? Of 18 months-ish. 
Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that I I see is like that lost opportunity cost. Because had I known going into it that it was going to be 18 months, I don't think that I would have even started. And so that's the whole hindsight 2020. But what am I going to do? You know, I can't, you don't know those things in advance. And sometimes they're very difficult to even foresee. Like I didn't foresee things ending the way that they did. It was all kind of rather sudden. And like I said, we can chalk it up to miscommunications on both sides. But at the end of the day, fast forward 18 months, and I've basically got nothing to show for it. And in the meantime, I've kind of let those other things slide and just not do anything. They just meandered. So whether it's Blue Tick or Founder Cafe, like either one, I just kind of put those things on the back burner. Right. And you were optimistic when we would talk about it. Like you had said, uh, this is a quote from you, I think something will sort itself out. I have a good feeling about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you, you thought that this was going to happen. So it wasn't as if, I don't think you had the same misgivings that I did about the situation. You were cautiously optimistic, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> right up until the end of the summer. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, what do you what do? You do? It would have been much more difficult to walk away in that first six months or so just because of the way of how bad things were with the app basically falling over on itself. You know, you fast forward another six to eight months after that and yeah, things had changed quite a bit and things were relatively stable. They weren't perfect. They still aren't. They probably would take another year, year and a half to clean, finish cleaning up. But at this point, it's not my problem. <laughs> we have a new sponsor this week. And if you've attended a microconf in the past or seen one of our YouTube videos, you've likely seen one of the founders of Software Promotions. Dave Collins has spoken seven times at different microconfs. And with his business partner, he runs Software Promotions, where they do Google ads and SEO work, both sides of Google. They've worked with more than 600 businesses, have 22 years of experience. They've been doing it a long time. They've worked with a lot of folks in the microconf community, and they know what they're doing, and they consistently produce results. You can head to bit.ly slash tame Google, or look in our show notes for a link to softwarepromotions.com. So that leaves you with looking at Blue Tick, right? And and I presume you're gonna continue. I mean, we, I, you and I didn't even talk about this offline. Like, is that is that the plan? Is to is to double down again on Blue Tick and try to build it out? I mean, if you've lost two years, I remember saying two years ago, you know, how are you going to be differentiated? Why are people signing up? Why are they sticking around? You either need differentiation in the product, or you need, you know, these proprietary traffic channels. You don't have either of those. I'm concerned you're you don't have enough differentiation. Basically, it's hard to grow a business with that. You're now even further behind, right? Because differentiation involves usually sometimes you can do it with positioning, but usually it's with some type of features or feature set. And you haven't been working on it for the past, you know, like we've said, barely working on it, not pushing it forward for a while. So where does that where does that leave you? So I had a personal retreat a couple of weeks ago, which was great because it's the first one I've had in probably two years. So probably even before the last time we actually had a had that first podcast episode where we were talking about it and where I was doubling down on or where the intent was to double down on Blue Tick. And I went down and looked through a bunch of my old notes and started writing down new thoughts and ideas. And a lot of the ones that I came up with or were evaluating or kind of thinking about were essentially rehashes of the ones that I'd had back then. And I realized that what had essentially happened is I went on a personal retreat, had a lot of great ideas, wrote them down, and then promptly didn't do anything with them. And there's a variety of reasons for that. You know, this merger and partnership attempt is probably the biggest one. 
but yeah, like I, I look at that and say, well, those are the things that just need to get done. So I spent probably about a week or so, week and a half of writing down like a consolidating a bunch of my notes from various documents that I put together and essentially got like a, a marketing plan that I'm going to go through. And my mastermind group is going to be holding me accountable for those things on probably a weekly basis. I'm basically putting together this 90 day plan and it's a arbitrary start date, I'll say, because I haven't actually like pulled the trigger and started the clock on it. But, you know, it's got goals associated with it and targets and concrete things to do and accomplish over the course of those 90 days and we'll see what happens and I feel like if at the end of that 90 days if things don't look like they're going in the correct direction or if they're still meandering then maybe I do something else maybe I build something else and set this on the back burner and just set it on autopilot for a while. I'm glad you said the 90 day plan because that given how long this has been going on not just the last couple years but just blue tick in general like when did you when did you start building it you remember? Technically speaking, I had the idea in 2013, but I didn't do anything with it until probably 2016. And I didn't even I didn't even pull the sign up process that you had to go through in order to talk to me. It was still kind of more like an in beta until 2017. So four, four or five years, give or take. But and, and if someone wrote into this podcast and told us this story, <laughs> what would we say? Right. Uh, yeah, that's so. So that's where I'm. I want you to have a timeline. I mean, look, it's it's your life. You know, I'm not even your accountability partner. We're just we're like ex podcast co-hosts or whatever. So I want you to succeed. But I but it also has to be your choice. But yeah, from from the outside, it's it's rough, you know, to think of like, how, how are you? What's going to be different this time? is really the question in my mind. It's like, what? how can you make everything into a speed bump, not a roadblock, right? No excuses, <laughs> no excuses, you know, no health. I, I know health has been an issue and there's a lot of distractions, but like that's just kind of always been the case. And I think that's for different people have, have those issues that they overcome. And so I think if you give it a specific time frame, like a 90 day thing, I think you should start it today. Or tomorrow. Like that's, that's one thing that I think you've struggled with in the past is making the decision and going for it, right? You think about things for a while. Like you thought about freemium, you thought about AppSumo for months and months. I think it, we, we were like four or five months apart on the, on the podcast and you were still thinking about them two podcasts apart. And that's too long in the startup world, you know, where we, I used to have a, well, I was the CEO of, of Drip after I sold it. He was my, my successor. Uh, it wasn't Clay. It was, it was John who took over, but he would say, you know, in the startup world, a week is a month and a month is a quarter. Like everything has to move way faster than at, at larger companies. And so to, to think about decisions and deliberate on them, even for, you know, a month or two is, is a really long time and you, you know, you kind of lose ground. So why not start the 90 days tomorrow? There isn't uh, probably a great reason for it. So you're right. I mean, I could easily start it today and I've got a mastermind call later today so I can tell them like, hey, the clock is starting as of today and here's 90 days. This is what it's got to look like. So yeah, we'll kind of see how that shakes out and maybe we talk again in 95 days or 99 yeah. days or something like that. But I mean, I I hear what you're saying and I, I, I don't disagree with you. Like if somebody were to write in or call the podcast and leave a message and say, hey, this is the situation and you know, this is the product and this is what it's been doing. Like I'm in 100% agreement with you. It'd be like, yeah, pull the plug on this thing, bail and find something else to do because it's just not working and nothing you've done so far has, has really moved the needle. And I did come to that conclusion when I was on my retreat a few weeks ago is the fact is that like I have let things go on for too long. And 
I'd say part of the issue is that there isn't necessarily like a forcing function for me. You know, money is not necessarily like a huge driver for me. You know, there's everybody has their own internal motivations. You know, some of them are intrinsic, some of them are extrinsic. And I have a hard time sometimes figuring out exactly what mine are. Yeah, we talked about that in the past. Yeah. So, you know, if you if you think about it, like just in general, you take a step back from life in general, like what, what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? You know, what excites you? What is it that you want to do? I have a hard time pointing to anything. I really do. I remember we've had this conversation in the past, remember? And, and I said, take, what is it, the ENIAC or something? And then we kind of talked mm-hmm. through all that stuff. And when we talked about it last time, and this was a year and a half, two years ago, I said, well, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't be an entrepreneur then, you know, maybe you should get a job. And, and that's, that's okay. But it's like, cause you, you could get a really, you're a super senior <laughs> engineer. Like you could get a really well-paid job and then you don't need the intrinsic motivation because it's hard, it's hard, right? I mean, we know this game is hard. So, and, and then that conversation turned into you quoting a Dilbert comic to me <laughs> <laughs> about the pointy-haired boss. And I said, did you just justify not getting a job based on a Dilbert comic? So we, we don't need to rehash all that, but, but it is, I think that is something that each of us have to find, right? Some, some of us as entrepreneurs are seeking the freedom. I was always looking for freedom. That was my big thing. That was my intrinsic motivation was I do not want to work for other people. And I want it so bad that I'm willing to work a full-time job during the week. And I'm work, willing to work 20 plus hours nights and weekends to not have to work a full-time job. And that I actually struggled when I first had enough products that I didn't need to work a full-time job. I was like, oh, shit, what next? Because I hadn't thought past that, right? And that's when the purpose and relationship stuff started. I mean, I can go down a whole rabbit hole there. But other people really want to have an impact. Other people really want to work on an interesting problem. You know, there's all these there's all these other these things. But I do think without that, you're right. It's tough to do the grind every day. And not even the grind, because I think the grind can be fun sometimes. But it's like to force yourself to do it on the days you don't want to do it. If you don't have that, I'm not sure where you go from there. Sure. I think your point about having freedom is is probably well-placed with me as well. Like that's one of the things that I want. But you just now said that you basically had that once you got your products and you had them to a certain point. And the reality is like, I don't have to work a lot. I don't have to make a lot of money. And I'm kind of at that point now. And so the challenge at that point is, well, if I don't have to, if I could get up at 10 o'clock every day and blow off work half the week, and things are still fine, what difference does it make? And that's kind of the position I'm sort of in. But at the same time, would having more money be nice? Sure. Do I need millions of dollars? No, like I absolutely don't. And so that's something I I feel like I've struggled with a lot. And that was the primary motivation for me to put down, you know, like this is a 90-day plan. And if not done in that time frame, then cut bait and move on or find something else that is a little bit more interesting to me, I'll say. I mean, I do have some ideas of other stuff that I could potentially go do, but nothing I want to talk about yet or nothing that I even want to write a single line of code to even make an attempt because it's just going to be a distraction. Yeah. I think there's a difference between you and I, and it's I live perpetually in the future. This is actually, a it's both a strength and a weakness of mine is that I'm always looking ahead, like whether it's a couple hours or whether it's like a couple years. And so when, once I quit the day job and once I had products that were bringing in a full-time income, 120, 150K a year, it was great. I worked 10 hours a week. It was amazing. Some of my best memories of my life. But then I got, you know, I got bored then because I was like, I don't have any purpose. Like I need to actually do something interesting. But I was always thinking, 
what about next year or the year after? What if these businesses don't work out? It wasn't that I wanted more money, is that I wanted more stability. I wanted to ensure that the freedom that I had, I never wanted to get a job again because I was perpetually living in the future and a fear of losing what I had worked a decade for. And that's what I'm not sure. And look, not everyone thinks like, for sure, not everyone thinks like I do. And it, it is a weakness in a lot of, I have, in a lot of respects, because I have a trouble being in the present often, right? And Sherry lives very much more in the present. And I think that's a benefit for certain things and, and not for others. So different personality types, some people live in the past, right? So I hear you that you don't have to get up and that's, that's tough. And I definitely struggle with that sometimes of like, some days I don't feel motivated to do any of this, right? It just happens naturally. And I either take the day off personally, <laughs> or I do the minimum and then, you know, take the rest of the time off or I grind it out. I, you know, whatever I have my things, I drink caffeine, I listen to loud music and then I just get in the zone and I do it. But for you, I guess you can decide how to do those day to day of whether you need to do it, of whether you need external pressure or of whether the pressure of, hey, I can live like this for a while, but I don't think you can live like this for 10 years, right? Or five years or three years or. No, pr probably not. Right. It's not like you can retire. Sure. Um, but that's also part of why I put the 90 days on it, because that is kind of an external pressure. I mean, another external pressure that. I found over the years has not been helpful is like coming on the podcast and sharing exactly what I'm working on and talking about it because there are those days or even, you know, weeks or sometimes a month or two goes by where I'm just like not making progress or not moving things along. And I just sometimes just didn't feel like it. I think that's been the struggle is that like, I feel like kind of disappointing the listeners and it, which in turn disappoints me. It feels crappy. It does. Yeah. You know, I, I know how that feels of like, ah, I just really haven't been motivated. Yeah. Especially coming on every week or every two weeks. Right. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't want to keep talking about this because I, sometimes these things take more time. And sometimes I want to move slower because that's just where I'm at in my life right now. Or maybe that's just the pace I want to go. You know, these are there. We bootstrap businesses for a reason, right? So that we can dictate if we want to move slower, make an amazing lifestyle business or move faster and be more ambitious with the growth. So what is the plan then, man? What, what is the 90-day thing? I mean, you don't have to go into all the details, but is it getting your marketing in order? Is it, is it figuring out product differentiation? What is the story there? It is probably 95% marketing stuff. There's a couple of ideas I have for features that would differentiate Blue Tick pretty dramatically from other things out there, but they would take time to implement. And I don't think that I could do a lot of those marketing activities and implement the features in such a way that I'd be able to do them within the 90 days. And the plan or the intent is to see how those 90 days go and evaluate at the end of it, whether or not things are on that upward trajectory that I'm looking for. And if they're not, then that's when I'm going to have to find something else and I'll put it on the back burner and I'll keep it running and keep everything operational. I just, I'm not going to dedicate a ton of time and effort to it anymore. Right. I don't think anyone will begrudge you that. Sure. But that said, like, it's been largely on autopilot for the last 18 months. And it's not like I get very many support calls or emails or anything like that for it. So it's a fairly stable product. It works great. I really just need more people to see it and use it is really what it comes down to. And that's, that's all marketing. That has nothing to do with features at all. So I'm cautiously optimistic about the fact that putting 95% of my efforts and energy into the marketing side of things, as opposed to building features or anything is really what's going to 
hopefully push the business forward. But I mean, I've got like several pages worth of stuff that I've written down and various channels and we've got them essentially ordered and within each of those channels, kind of what I would do, what needs to be done, how to do it, that kind of stuff. Well, I, I'm excited. Are you optimistic? How do you feel about it? Are you excited? Or are you, because you don't seem super excited. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the problem, it's hard to be excited when it's dragged on for as long as it has. And I guess maybe I should be excited about the fact that it's like, I know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's that's, that's the end of the 90 days and I'll have an answer one way or the other. So I guess maybe that's something to be excited about, but I don't know. I mean, I don't have a good sense of whether or not the things I'm going to do are going to make any difference. And I'm, I'm not really going to know until after I start doing them. Thanks again, man. You are at single founder on Twitter. Folks want to keep up with you. Sounds good. Well, thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Take it easy, man. Thank you so much for joining me for that conversation. I'd love to hear from you. If you like these episodes, when Mike comes back and gives us updates, you can hit me up on Twitter. You can send an email to questions at startupsfortherestofus.com. Those go directly to me. If you feel like they're not helpful, not interesting, I'd love to hear that too. Just want to hear your thoughts and opinions. Thanks for joining me again this week. And I'll be back in your ears tomorrow morning with a special bonus episode. Thanks to our sponsor, Software Promotions. Software Promotions has been managing Google Ads and Google SEO for clients for 22 years, if you can believe it. They've worked with more than 600 businesses. They're no nonsense, a lot of transparency. And you know, one of the co-founders, Dave Collins, has spoken seven times at MicroComps. You've likely seen his videos if you've checked out our YouTube channel. He's also spoken at Business to Software and countless other conferences around the world. So if you're looking for someone to help you with your Google Ads, whether you're just getting started, whether you want an expert eye, whether you want someone to manage that for you, as well as SEO from audits to getting down and dirty with organic search, Dave and Aaron know what they're talking about. Those are the co-founders of Software Promotions. You can head to bit.ly slash tamegoogle to learn more about Software Promotions or head to softwarepromotions.com and let them know you heard about them on Startups with the Rest of Us. Thanks to Dave and Aaron for sponsoring the show. 